Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. Hey, legends, before we get started, quick thank you to everyone for the messages and support following the Sonny Bill Williams Barry Hall fight the other night. It was great to be back on. You blokes rock. Appreciate the support. Now it's time to unloosen the belt buckle a little bit. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is the Weekly Watch. You've been warned. Celebrating 50 games a few weeks back was Canberra back rower and our guest Hudson Young. Congratulations, mate. That 50-game mark, um, up until then, I guess a player's sort of just thinking about holding your spot and, and learning, really, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Uh, to be able to play 50 games for the, for the club is a uh, massive achievement for myself mm. and uh, for my family. Just being able to play one game is uh, what you dream of doing as a kid and um, coming through the ranks and that sort of stuff. All you all you want to do is play one game. So to be able to play 50 games, and um, <clears throat> it's a massive achievement for myself and, like I said, for my family and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, like you said, you, you just try and hold a spot up until then and I'm starting to feel like a genuine first grader now. Competitive in the squad for back row spots, isn't it, mate? Good depth. And that helps everyone because, uh, you know, competition – rivalry, friendly rivalry, but it's healthy. Yeah, it is, mate. Obviously, Adam and um, Elliot, Elliot's there. Um, the more competition and that sort of stuff, it only makes the uh, team stronger yeah. and uh, throughout the squad. If everyone's fighting for positions and that, it's only going to make our team a lot stronger across the park. If you're a student learning, who are the teachers at Canberra, the guys that are, are good at helping the young fellas and not just footy but life as well? Um, you probably can't go past our um, our skippers at the moment. We've got Elliot Whitehead and uh, Josh Hodgson's enormous for yeah. uh, everyone, whether it be old fellas or, or young fellas. He's quite old himself now, so um, he's there to help everyone. But you've still got Jared and yeah. um, Zach Whiten as well. Um, I feel like we've got a great balance within that role and um, anyone can approach anyone with anything. Thanks for dropping in, mate. Look forward to watching your rip and tear for the rest of the year. Cheers, mate. Thank you. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the Weekly Wodge. What about the lineup of guests on this episode? Outrageous. It continues with this fella who has taken on a very different role this year. He's had to. Is he up to it? Damn bloody right he is. From the Newcastle Knights, Jake Clifford has dropped in for the first time. Welcome, mate. And all of a sudden, you're the experienced playmaker in Newcastle. Are you cool with that new role? Yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast, Andy. Um, yeah, I am. Um, it's, a, it's a new challenge I'm really looking forward to. Um, we've had a good preseason, and um, yeah, the, the hard part of preseason's over, and we get to play some footy now. Junior's gone. 
Jaden's injured, but the positive stuff has been the inclusion of Andrew Johns on the coaching staff. How has it been working with the eighth? Yeah, he's been um, really good for us. Um, him and Blake Green with our attack yeah. have kind of just like um, just let us have a fresh new start and just um, have created a really nice template of um, what we want to do. And they're really allowing us to just play with um, our cues as, as in counting numbers and um, backing what we, we believe is the right play. You reckon the eighth could put on the pair of boots now and still do it? I actually think he could. Yeah. Um, we do some kicking and, and passing and stuff like that, and um, just when he demonstrates, he, he he always nails them first go. So he hasn't lost much. Um, so, yeah, I, I do think he could. Mate, is he changing your game or is he polishing your game? Um, he's just finding up little details. Um, yeah. You know, he, he's been coming at the start of the weeks normally, but when we um, had him at the back end of weeks with the pose and that, he just kind of um, just to see if I was seeing things that he was seeing and just stuff like that and um, just reassuring me on, um, to always just back myself down, short size and that kind of thing and um, to take people on. So, yeah, he's been, he's been really good for my game. Love it. First full season with the club. Are you comfortable with the combinations yet because – Mate, changing mid-season like you did last year, really tough call to hit the ground running and be at your best. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, having the full preseason um, is definitely beneficial, as you said, last year coming in, um, learning new plays, learning new calls, um, trying to learn who I'm playing inside and outside with and knowing how they like to play. Um, yeah, it was a bit tough, but it was um, really enjoyable, I thought, um, you know, that the 12 weeks um, I got to play with the yeah. boys, um, you know, we we started off with a few losses, but then we went on a nice little trot with six on um, six in a row mm. and then got to put ourselves in a position to play finals footy. So, and that was a, um, a, a new experience I haven't hadn't had before. So, you know, it was definitely beneficial me moving um, midway last year and now we got to hit the ground running with a pre- full preseason and coming into the, um, you know, the new season. Mate, be wrong of me to talk anything pre-season without saying congratulations to you and the better half. Uh, six months old, little Navy. Um, how's she going? Yeah, she's going really well. Um, she came on Father's Day, so, um, you know, that was a that was a new experience as well um, last year. It was, it was very full-on being in sunny coasts, um, playing – in Brisbane on the Saturday and then having to drive all the way back to Townsville and, um, you know, she coming a day earlier than what we expected um, on Father's Day. So it was, a, it was quite a long uh, road trip and but very enjoyable. Pleasure to chat, mate. Wishing you the best on the weekend. We look forward to chatting with you again soon over the course of the season. Yeah, sweet. Thanks, Andy. Thank you very much. If you'd like to be part of the Unfiltered team, get in touch, legends. We've got different levels of sponsorship for different budgets, from podcast sponsorship to social media endorsements, personal appearances, voiceover work. Basically, our deals are limited only by your imagination. We'll work with you to ensure you get what you want, when you want, and how you want. Get in touch again at our website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. 
Next week, I could be promoting your company to the hundreds of thousands of potential customers unfiltered as reaching each and every week. Hey, just pick this up. Um, Jakey Clifford from our last interview, the very end. I think he said, thanks, Randy. Might have been back in the day, not anymore. My missus calls me Santa. I only deliver once a year. This is Andy Raymond Unfiltered joining us on the weekly watch from the Sydney Roosters, the legend Sam Verrills. Mate, if there was one player from years past that you could bring back and play one game alongside, who would it be and why? Um, that's actually a very good question. I, I don't really know, to be honest. Um, who would I want to play with? You grew up as a Knights fan and, and then morphed into a Manly fan, being from over on the Northern Beaches. Yeah, there's uh, plenty of players, but... Um, you know, obviously he's a nine, but playing with Bedsy or working with Bedsy, and that'd be pretty cool to be honest. So, um, yeah. yeah, I did really like watching him grow up, and um, and then if I had to pick like a manly player, it'd probably be you know Brett Stewart back in the day or Jamie Lyon, that two two one of my favourites when I was a kid growing up. What about that that side for Manly in that golden era with Stewart and Lyon, and then Gift Stewart on the inside, just tossing up balls as he pleased for tries. Yeah, it was pretty, it's a pretty memorable side and um, they had some success in 08 and I think it was 2011. So, um, yeah, that was a really good side. Cheers, legend. Appreciate you dropping in. Thank you, Andy. Big shout out to a good and bloody unlucky fella. Sammy Verrills wishing you a speedy recovery, legend. Want to know what's coming up on the podcast? Well, stalk us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at the Andy Raymond. Share the love and share the posts. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the Weekly Wodge. I've got a question for you. Most improved player of 2021, who was it? And I'll give you some time to think. Okay, that's enough. If your answer isn't Josh Curran, we are throwing hands right now. The big fella from the Warriors joins us on the potty for the first time too, mate. I've got to ask you, what changed last season to see your game improve so much? Um, oh, to be honest, mate, um, at the start of last season, um, I know I think the 2020 season kind of threw me around because obviously that's when COVID hit. Then, yep. um, yeah, if you weren't playing great, you were just um, – because all the New South Wales Cup and Queensland Cup, they weren't in. And if you weren't playing great um, – you're pretty much just going to training and getting flogged. And oh. I feel like that just, I don't know, kind of threw me aside. Then, um, I don't know, me and Brownie chat down, uh, sat down and um, had a chat and he told me what he believes in me. And he's just, I don't know, kind of told me to, I need to start putting my head down. Otherwise, um, yeah, I was pretty, to be honest, I was probably pretty much on the outer then. Okay. I don't know. I just, something just clicked and I was just like, man, like, I've kind of taken the last two seasons, um, yeah, a bit uh, for granted. Yep. And, um, yeah, to be honest, I put my head down and um, got the opportunity to play against the Dragons. And I was like, stuff this, I'm going to take it with, all, yeah, with both hands. And, yeah. yeah, from that, I just try to um, take game by game. That's all part of the maturing curve as a, as a young bloke and also a footballer. But 
you got serious and it's showing on the field. It sounds bloody easy, but it's not. Yeah, like yeah, like I said, um, yeah, I came. I done a plumbing course while I was in school, then pretty much came straight out of school and went into um, yeah NRL. Then yeah, I just yeah took the probably the first two years for for granted and yep. um, didn't take me till last year to actually realize what it yeah what it has to be to be obviously a footy player and if I want to be picked and yeah uh, constantly play NRL then yeah I got to do all the hard work. Uh, you mentioned the first two years. You actually debuted with the Chooks in 19 before the move. What do you remember a debut game, mate? Oh, man. So I remember I remember that whole week, actually. Wow. Um, Robbo came up to me and he was just like, oh, mate, um, we've got to take you down to Melbourne with us because I, they were staying in Melbourne for – I think we stayed in Melbourne for three days. Yep. Um, they're like, yeah, we've got to take you down to Melbourne. Um, just to get used to being 18th man and like, yeah, I don't know, just get the feel of it. Then um, told mum and dad, and mum and dad were like, oh, like, we've got to book flights and that. Like, we'll come down and watch. And um, I said to him, I was like, oh, no, nah, it's all good. Like, it's just like, just to get the feel, like, nothing will happen. And um, so he flew down, and my mate, my best mate, had a, um, he had a Bucks party down there. Oh, stop and it. And it, once I told him I was 18th man, he full left the Bucks party to come watch the game, then went back uh, went back to the Bucks party. So, um, so yeah, we got we got to the game then, or oh, the day of the game. Sorry, Siwa, I was, my roommate was Siwa and um, Takeaho, and I remember he pulled up he pulled up sore, and um, he yeah he just said to me he's like, bro, my back is so sore, eh? like just be ready. And I, I was just like, I know I was still young. I was nineteen. I was just yeah. like, oh, it'll be sweet. Like it's all good. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, Robbo came up to me. and He was like, yeah, mate. Um, see, where I has got a sore back. Like if he pulls out, um, I'm gonna put you in. And when he said that, I, I just remember I was like, oh crap. Like, <laughs> nah, surely, surely he's not gonna pull out. Like a full told mum and dad, like. So I just we had we have a group chat and I just quickly sent a message in saying like um, just told him what what happened and um, I just said look uh, like there's a high chance I won't play but just I don't know I'll just keep you up, updated mm. and like, I was I was wigging out because like yeah. I was like no nah, like I've been waiting for this moment like this, is this going to be like is this like a little teaser or something yeah. but then um, yeah we got to the game and I remember walking out on the field because I've never been to Amy Park before and I was like whoa this is a this is a like mad stadium. Like I'd, I'd love to play here. Then, um, yeah, see where I walked out and he's just like, mate, do you like it? And I was like, yeah, like this would be epic to play. Eh? And he walked back inside and I seen him like cobbling and I just like, I was like, oh, no, like, it's all good. Then um, I remember walking back in the sheds and Robbo came up to me and he's just like, he's just like, yeah, mate, um, see where I was pulled out with, you would be making your debut. And I was just like, in my head, I was like, oh, I didn't know what to say. I was just like, I kind of looked at him for like, I don't know, probably like 10 seconds. I was just like, nah, like, you serious? He's like, yeah, mate, like, congratulations. And shook my hand and gave me a hug. And I was just like, I was like, damn it. Like, i got to tell mum and dad. Like, mum and dad are not here. Like, when um, our manager already got on the phone to mum and dad and that. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty funny one. But I, at least I had my best mate there. That's, yeah. That's the thing. Mate, a day or a night, as it was, full of emotion. 
Take all the emotion out. One of the all-time great games, a one-point win with a Latrell Mitchell field goal. What a game to debut in. Seriously, you couldn't write this stuff. Man, I remember, I remember. Um, yeah, we got to Golden Point and I was just like, this has to be like on my debut because um, Sam Verrills is debuting as well. Yep. Then um, I, 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 we had Cooper on the 40-meter line on the right side and Latrell on the left. I remember once Trelly kicked this ball, he just he knew it was going straight in. Mm. I remember him running back and just cheering and yeah, it was it was um yeah, it was one to I'll always remember. Awesome looking back on it. Thanks for dropping in on the potty legend. We'll chat again soon. Cheers, mate. title of the podcast is Unfiltered, as you know. It is and really is here. Mailbox time. I've literally just been handed a couple of questions from you lot. No prior warning. This could be anything. Andy, your Dream Team podcast sucked. Uh, No Jason Tamalolo, no Greg Inglis, no Jonathan Thurston. You know nothing. Here we go. Okay, my answer. Um, probably need some music here. Uh, my answer. Beat it, you, Derek. Uh, I'm betting you're probably a kid. You wouldn't have seen most of the guys I selected in my dream team, which is cool. But I also reckon you've probably not done your homework either. No, Jason Talmalolo, that is correct. I chose at lock Bradley Clyde, who I thought changed the way um, a lock forward played the game. I would have probably, no, I would have definitely also selected uh, Ray Price, Wayne Pierce, um, Sonny Bill Williams, Sam Burgess, Paul Gallen, uh, and Bob Lidner off the top of my head in front of Jason. That's not a crack at Jason in any way, shape, or form. A terrific player but he's not in my debate for best lock ever. Now, who was next? Uh, Go back to the top. Greg Inglis. Again, terrific player and terrific centre, but in my view, he's behind Bob Fulton, who played there, and Mal Meninga, who played there too. Both of these guys are immortals, immortals, and I didn't have room for them. I also didn't have room for Mick Cronin and Steve Rogers, the Prince of Centres. I chose Brett Kenny and Laurie Daly as my dream team centres. These two are the two best players I've seen in 40-odd years of watching footy. Just because someone doesn't make the side doesn't mean I don't rate them. I did and I do. And finally, JT. Again, bloody awesome player. But my pecking order, he sits behind Peter Sterling, who I selected. Sterlo, four premierships and a reputation to go with it. JT... Behind, but not far behind, in my view, uh, Greg Alexander, Ricky Stewart, Stacey Jones, and Andrew Johns as well, to name a few. JT's a legend, uh, but not number one, in my opinion. So there's my response. It confuses me, actually, why people, why anyone ever argues with someone's dream team. It's their team, theirs, not anyone else. That's the whole point. It's their team. Anyway, my dream team, if you'd like to argue, is episode 246. Yeah, episode 246, I name my 13 and explain why. Okay, next question. 
Who's your wooden spooners this year, AJ? I've got the Cowboys. That's from Charlie. Mate, I've never done or predicted a wooden spooner, not once. Negative talk, that's just not me, so I don't buy into it. I don't even think about it. Sorry, legend. This is from Captain J. What did you make of Luttrell and Hostie fighting at training? Uh, Not a fight, not a fight. It was a push and shove, and put it this way, if I was Jason Dimitriou driving home, I would have been absolutely pumped having seen that. To me, it just screams they're switched on. I love this. It's a big positive, and it was a headline over nothing. Last one um, from, I think it's Thomas, maybe. Uh, The printer's just about out of ink, apparently. This one's hard to read. Uh, If I've got your name wrong, mate, apologies. The question is, Nathan Cleary or Daly Cherry Evans for Aussie halfback and captain at the World Cup? Simple answer with this one. Let's wait till the World Cup. It is a long season ahead. So much can happen. So much probably will happen. Pretty cool headache, though, for Coach Mal Meninga to have, though. Uh, I think there's going to be a few of them position. Uh, competition and positional debates as we get into sort of August, September and then the World Cup starting October, November. That's it for Mailbox. When I feel like a rant sometime soon, we'll go at it again, eh? This is the part of the podcast where we've put you in charge. You're asking the questions. Our superstars are giving their answers. Look out. And we start with the Black Flash, Larry Corowa. This one's from Wayne at Dremoyne, one of your old stomping grounds. In 1978, you hit first grade, played 21 games, scored 24 tries. How did your life change in that one year? Yeah, it turned upside down pretty quickly mm. in that first year. You know, it just, it just went so fast, so quickly and... Um, the thing is that when I went to Balmain, I was there um, probably about November, then I yep. had Christmas, then again in uh, January. So the pre-season was, was very good, getting to know everyone yep. and getting around the town. And, you know, the, the Tiger Town was so great to me. So yep. it made me feel so welcoming. And uh, just the players yep. made it for me, you know. Mate, were you comfortable with the spotlight, um, with everyone knowing who you were, where you were, what you were doing, because it's not for everyone. Yeah, no. Hated hated the spotlight. Yeah. You know, just love to put the footy gear on and get out at Leichhardt or wherever and um, have a crack. Because in 1977, you could have gone out to any restaurant in Leichhardt or any pub and gone unrecognised. Twelve months later, you couldn't go anywhere without being... You know, headhunted, asked for autographs, photos, or or a chat. Yeah, and that's where my life changed, really. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, especially a, a shy kid that come from here down to Canberra, mm. and sort of made me name down there with Percy Knight. Yep. and uh, under Donny Ferner when we went through undefeated with mm. that Monero side in '77. Uh, then the Country City side, of course, and we we didn't do very well. They they got us, but um, yeah. Um, I was in my cup of tea trying to get uh, in front of Rex and Ronnie <laughs> Casey and, uh, and uh, yeah, very daunting. I bet. 
And Eels legend and former Kiwi captain Nathan Kalis. From Bonnie at Glenhaven, do you actually think Nathan Hindmarsh is funny on TV or not? I hate to say it, but and he probably gets legged up quite a fair bit by Fletch, yeah. and I reckon Fletch gives him a lot of his work. But uh, I love it when they do the in-between two plant, two indoor plants there, and the last one they did was with uh, Daly Cherry Evans and uh, Desi Hasler. Yep. He's pretty funny, but... When you're having a beer with him, he gets really emotional. So he's funny and emotional, and it's a bit of a roller coaster with Nathan. Uh, he's a great bloke, you know. Our wives are, are best friends, and our kids are all the same age. They've all grown up together for a long time, and miss them all. Looking forward to getting back to Sydney uh, when we finish our holiday up here in Queensland. But um, you know, yeah, great guy, Nathan. That's Q and A with Nathan Kalis. Thanks for joining us, Legend. No worries, mate. Would you like a personal message, something nice, something sweet, something highly inappropriate and downright rude? I can do that. I'm on Swish now, whatever your occasion, whatever the message, go to heyswish.com, Swish, S-W-Y-S-H. Go there and search Andy Raymond. Whatever you want, whenever you want, consider it done a cool and a different present for that special occasion or you don't even need an occasion. You might just want to give one of your mates a serve. Clarky's Call, and joining us each and every week on the Weekly Watch, Dane from Clarky's RL Column, the social media go-to. You can find them absolutely anywhere, and you bloody should. Every week, Clarky is going to have his call. You get to have your say. You agree, you disagree, whatever, and some of the best responses make the podcast. Clarky, what have you come up with this week, legend? G'day, Andy and listeners. This week, Clarkie's call is the Saturday 3 p.m. game to be scrapped in favour of a Monday night football uh, returning, which I know is very close to your heart. Loved it, uh, but I'm probably biased. I was there from the start to the finish. I loved it. But I would imagine I'm in the minority here, mate. Uh, What are the fans saying, more importantly? Yeah, I think we're both in the minority here. I think uh, unanimously and overwhelmingly people were against um, the Monday night football returning. There was no... No one reason for that. There was a multitude of reasons, but um, unanimously, yeah, we're in the minority here, unfortunately, Andy. Nick Ward, 2040, he says, disagree. That means footy five times a week for six months, which seems great, but it'll end up like the Big Bash where it's on every night and people slowly lose interest in the games where their team isn't playing. Um, That actually makes a whole lot of sense because I found uh, over this previous summer in particular I got big bashed out, and I'm a cricket tragic, but I got big bashed out. Yeah, I got big bashed out also, but I, I think that's also due to some of the rules and how that competition's run, the bash boost point and, and yep. all these things. I think they're really tailoring that to a younger audience, whereas, yeah, well, here's one actually, Andy. We've got Sonny Fugasivi here, and he says, well, it's more footy across the week, and I guess that's predominantly my thinking pattern, but going back to what we saw last Saturday at 3 p.m., I mean, we had Matt Lodge throwing up where the conditions were too hot, fans were messaging me that, and... At the end of it, the chair on the top, AJ Brimson loses 5% of his body weight over four kilos of sweat. That's amazing. That's uh, I guess what, when you come up with a comment like this, it, it, a lot of people come back to scheduling, and I thought that was poor scheduling from the NRL. 
It's Queensland. Why have the day game on up there? But a bit of criticism too for that Saturday 3 o'clock game. Some people suggesting move it to Sunday night might be an option. Yeah, that was probably overwhelmingly, I would say, what people were tailoring out there. They believe the ultimate fix is two games on the Friday, three on the Saturday and three on the Sunday. That way we've got footy just over the weekend period there. And uh, ultimately, that's what people think would be best for attendance and uh, what's best for the fans. Okay, against that, Gaynor Lawford says, don't scrap the 3 p.m. Saturday game. The only games I attend are afternoon games. While I do have pay TV, I also like to attend live matches. But evenings are not for me, thank you. Not when I have to travel by public transport and I'm in my late 60s. We love you, Gaynor, the fact that you get along to the footy. And, yeah, I can see that night games um, aren't for everyone. They're not for everyone. And here's an interesting one from Braden G. He says, who wants to watch footy at 7 p.m. on a Monday night? That's when home and away is on. So oh, I thought that one was pretty good. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Okay, Clarkie has had his call this week. We have shot down, or you have shot down in flames, the idea, the thought of a return of Monday night football. An 18th team in the coming years. Who knows what will happen with scheduling then? Hey, Clarkie, where can we find you? All over social media, guys, under Clarkie's Rugby League column. And if you're interested in sports content specifically, Clarkie's Sports column on Instagram. Mate, I'm actually enjoying the content, the non-rugby league content on the sports, uh, on the, on Clarkie Sports. It's something new. It's something I was potentially looking to introduce into the rugby league page. And I thought, no, this deserves a page of its own. And so that's where I've gone. Any episode, any time, that's right. If you missed an interview when it came out or are new to the potty, doesn't matter. All our interviews are timeless. They'll make sense whenever you want to listen to them. Let's go back to episode six and the great thumper, Maddie Scott. Probably not that game. The next year, 2010, was when I felt like I'd sort of established myself as an origin player. 2010 was also your test debut year. Uh is one more memorable than the other? Origin debut, test debut? Does one mean more? Oh, I don't think it does. Um, it doesn't mean more. O- Origin's definitely a, a probably a, a bigger spectacle. It feels like there's more. That's meaning. actually a pretty good way of putting it. There's more that goes around the game. Yep. There's more build-up. Um, there's probably a bit more feeling to it. Yep. Um, but I, I remember pulling the first um, Aussie jersey on and there's just a... a huge sense of pride in mm. wearing the green and gold and, and I'll never say that it didn't mean as much as an origin jersey. Yep. Your revolution continued just a couple of months later. You were named as co-captain for the North Queensland Cowboys for a North Queensland boy. Uh, Jonathan Thurston, who back then was still naughty little Johnny, was your co-captain. Uh, two very different people, two very different players, two different personalities. What What did that mean to you? I was, yeah, like it was, it was such an honour, um, huge amount of pride. Also, uh, it was tough, you know. John had had his troubles, obviously. He was still Jonathan Thurston already exactly at that right. stage. Um, so it was a bit awkward to start with um, on my behalf. I, I, mm. I can't speak for him, um, but it, it worked. Like you, you said, I think it's the, the different personalities. Um we we're yeah completely opposite in in a lot of regards, but um, it seemed to be what uh, the Cowboys needed at the time, and we worked well together. 
how did extra responsibility sit with you as a co-captain? Would you consider yourself at this time in your life as a, a natural leader? Oh, I don't think so. Um, uh, at the same time, I didn't. I tried not to change too much. Yep. Um, Graham Murray, he sort of introduced me into the leadership group quite early. Yeah, him and then um, Neil after that. Um, uh, probably probably because I was a bit of a serious sort of yeah. uh, player at times. Uh, well, certainly when I was training or playing. Yep. Um, so I'd, I'd had a little bit of a taste of that sort of leadership and, and, and learnt off a few guys that were uh, I thought were really good at it. Yep. Um, so I tried not to change what I did too much. Um, it, it, it did add a bit more pressure, but I'd always put pressure on myself to perform on the field anyway. So really I just had to keep doing that. And this one, episode four with Raiders coach, and I genuinely believe the halfback that changed the game of the number seven back in the day, here's Ricky Stewart. Because you're a seven, are you particularly hard on the halfbacks? And I'll call bullshit if I think you're not telling the truth here. That, that's been noted a lot, um, that I've been very, very hard on halfbacks. Um, yeah, I am hard on them, but... Um, Mate, that's you. You 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 run the show. Halfback runs the show. I, I don't care what anyone says. You 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 own results as a halfback, and that's how I've that's how I was grown up as a player. Um, I, I remember a day uh, playing at uh, Penrith, and after the game, we walk off. Someone had come up and said to me, "You lost that for us today." If I, to, if I said that to a player today, I'd be in the papers the next day and he'd have been sacked. Yeah. Um, um, but I prefer to grow up that way with that toughness um, because I tell you, you learn a lot quicker. Mm. I bet you I played well the week after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I am quite a um, thorough with watching my halves. I'm really enjoying the growth of Jack Whiten. Yep. And I'm really enjoying my time now with George Williams. You know, he's thrown a couple of cutout passes at the moment and his last two have been intercepted. And I have coaches and I have others who are frustrated with uh, with it. I enjoy it. And I grabbed him this week. I said, mate, fuck it. Don't worry about what other people say. Just listen to me. Yep. I said, we'll, score, we'll, we'll score off one of these as we have this season. But... We just showed him. We just showed him where he's actually achieving the pass and where he's not achieving the pass. The field position of where he's passing the football and who he's got in front of him and how many he's got on his outside. Showing the little technical side of it, the detail side of it. But then, don't don't lose the will of wanting to be that instinctive player, that spontaneous type of player. Because you know the game, the game loves that type of player, and the game is better for it. Next week on the Legends Series, the only guy to have won a grand final with both of Queensland's premiers, Ben Hannon. So I started work at 1am in the morning at the Rockley Markets in Brisbane. So I live on the Gold Coast, wake up just before midnight, leave at midnight, drive to Brisbane, work from 1am in the morning till about 8 o'clock in the morning, get in the car, go to first grade footy training as a you know, 20, 21-year-old kid. So that's taught me mental t- toughness. Yeah, I, and, I bet. And that, you know, I had one kid and this, my oldest child is on the AST, we didn't know at the time, but it was mm. a, a tough kid. He was a tough baby and the situations were tough. So I was working really hard trying to cement a first grade footy career and travelling, you know, essentially an hour and a half up, hour and a half plus yeah. back in traffic. 
all day in Brisbane, plus working two jobs. So to me, it, that really cemented to me that if I want something, if you're willing to do the work, mm. you can you can find your way out of anything. So that that stand at Brisbane taught me a lot of mental toughness and that you know your brain can push your body to do things that most people don't think can be done. 2006 was a remarkable year, a remarkable side. Brisbane would win the grand final over Melbourne in actually a cracking grand final. What stands out from the day, Benny? Uh, Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett, the whole week, it's not even just the day, the whole week leading into it, the confidence. We lost every game to Melbourne that year leading up to it. Yep. Melbourne dominated. Do you think they had the big three or the big four at Melbourne? They mm. had more than that back then. They yeah. had started the, out in the wings. You had Israel Folau, like yeah. the freak that he is. You had Greg Inglis was a young kid coming through. You had Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, Cooper Cronk. You know, there's five names. Greg yep. Inglis. Yeah, you know, there's six, like the names. The names just, just keep going on. And then they the, had a ridiculous. Pack that was brilliant. Now, yeah. now, can you remember who played in in the positions for the Brisbane Broncos that year in the grand final? Who was our winger? No, Carmichael Hunt. Who was our fullback? Justin Hodges. Who was our halfback? Shane Perry. Shane Perry is one of the great trivia. Now, who who played the centres for us? No, David Stagg. Call this a teaser if you want. The Legend Series interview with Benny is a beauty. It's for everyone. Look, it's a footy story, but this is much, much more. This is a story that every parent must listen to. We proudly boast you can listen to any episode at any time. Here's some more proof. Let's go back 12 months and this chat with Robbie Farrar. This is Andy Raymond, Unfiltered, the weekly watch. Our guest was close, so fucking close, so fucking close to a date with Canadian tennis star and global spunk Eugenie Bouchard. So close. Well, maybe not that close, but Robbie Farrell, you did give it a crack. Give us the story on the failed proposal. I love this shit. Oh, mate. Mate, that's funny. So I got my events company, 247. Um, we're over in Miami uh, for the Super Bowl at the start of uh, last year. And, um, mate, we're on a, a bender. We're just on a really big night. I was I was wasted drunk. And, mate, I blame I blame this on Michael Carianis. Okay. Michael Carianis, the Daily Telegraph journalist. So it's about uh, midnight in Miami. And as I said, I've been drinking all day. And Carianis texts me and he says, Jeannie Bouchard's in Miami. He says, you better get her. And I said, <laughs> I said, watch me. Right. And uh, so I sent out this and my mate's like, what are you doing? And I said, mate, he goes, you know, that's going to be on Fox Sports within an hour. And I said, I hope so. <laughs> and it was just, in all honesty, it was just a piss take. It was just a laugh with the boys, um, posted it on social media, and then it just blew up. Within, within a couple of hours, uh, everyone back home was talking about it. Uh, mate, I had I had uh, offers from from some different um, companies to to do promos about it, and really, yeah, yeah, mate, it was it was dead set. It was funny. Uh, never got a response from her because uh, the precedent had been set. You you offered up on Twitter, but she had actually taken up someone else on a similar offer previously. Yeah, that's right. So that's why I think so. She'd taken out like a punter before on a date, so. Um, so that's sort of it become a running joke or with her. People have always tried to hit her up on social media and yeah. and say, Hey Jeannie, like I'll take you on a date. So that's sort of I thought I'll, you know, a bit funny. And as I said, I was drunk and um yeah, mate, looking back, it's it, people still talk about it, but it's all it's all Carrie Arnest's fault. 
If you're enjoying Andy Raymond Unfiltered, we'd love for you to go to Apple, Spotify or wherever you're listening and subscribe to the podcast and give us a five-star rating and review. And if being polite doesn't work, maybe bribery will. One lucky reviewer wins an unfiltered trucker's hat every week. 19 games for the mighty Penrith Panthers last season. What a season it was, obviously. For you, Matty Eisenhuth, what stands out from 2021? Um, oh, early on, you know, coming to a new club, um, winning, winning at the start of the year, you know, yeah. that we went on a, I just came in, slotted into a system where we just went on this run of, of wins. Um, and it just made footy was so enjoyable at the time. Yep. Um, and then that sort of just continued on throughout the year. You know, it, it was probably, that was probably the thing that footy from where I was and the year before, yeah. um, how enjoyable my, my footy became and how much I loved playing in and amongst that team. Um, and then that rolled on to, you know, moving to the sunny coast, enjoying the boys' company, and then that that became the success that it was, winning the comp. Um, yeah. Being a part of that, something else, something else. The side was brilliant at times, obviously. I reckon what's been overlooked big time is – Actually, the consistency of the side, you knew what you were getting from the Panthers as a group, but also from individuals weekly. Is that a, is that a fair call? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, trying to make the difference between your worst game or, or a bad game and, yep. and, you know, your good games, trying to make the, the difference um, so little in between. Mm. Um, yeah, I think that was a real point, you know, consistency, you know, and it's probably just a standard that, where we're accepting as, as a yeah. playing group, I'd say. Um, even games that, you know, you come off and you had won, knowing that you you hadn't really played that well or, yeah. you know, we had so, so much more, um, you know, potential to, to play better. Mm. Um, and that was just a continuous thing. You know, you came off from a game and then you'd review it through the week and you'd be like, oh, we could, we could, do, we could do this better, we could do yeah. that better. So the constant evolution of, of wanting to, to be better sort of, is what made the, the team so consistent, I think. Speaking of evolution, you've gone from the Hunters now to the Hunted. Same game. Clubs are coming mm. for you with a, a different mindset, I guess, though. As a result, you guys need to evolve. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think every year, you know, with rule changes and, and whatever else, you know, different squads, every every team's got to evolve to a different mm. sort of level. Um, and to be fair, I thought thought last year, well, coming to the club last year, felt like, that the Panthers were sort of the hunted already, you know, even yeah. though they lost the grand final the year before that. Um, you know, I, I felt that in some way we probably served, we were sort of the team that mm. teams, you know, wanted to wanted to knock off and wanted to beat. Um, and I guess that's going to be no different this year. It's probably just going to be a little bit extra. Um, and like I said before, you know, as a team, probably just want to, we know that we, we still have so many you know, other things that we can improve yeah. on from last year, you know, even the final series, you know, playing, we, we, we defended our way to a competition sort of thing. Like we, we defended so well that it basically won us the comp, I think. Um, so, you know, that's, that's exciting, I think, for, for us as a playing group, but knowing that, you know, we still have goals to reach um, as, a, as a team and, you know, as, as the season goes forward, you know, we'll be striving to try to hit them. Always a pleasure chatting. We'll do it again soon and good luck on the weekend. All right, cheers, mate.
Regan Campbell-Gillard and Junior Paulo are being pushed and pressured every single week by one of the game's young bulls. And that young bull joins us. Welcome to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, Oregon Kafusi. I'll start by asking what you like about Regan and Junior on the field as props. They're just um, professionals. They're very good at their job. Um, Every week, you you can't really fault anything on them. Um, Those are the two blokes that always bring bring their 100%. And, um, yeah, they're just... The way they carry themselves. Is that what you've learned from them? How you carry yourself? And, and not even so much on the footy field, but just day-to-day training, extras, whatever it may be? Yep, yep. Um, so they're, they're always the first two to, um, you know, help me out. And the first two that I go looking for when it is, um, you know, something I need to improve or um, practice, develop into my game, it's, it's either Sui or... Or that is really cool, the fact, you know, two guys that have played for their state and played for their countries, um, but they're still happy to help and, and tip you up on something or help you out. It's a tough position for a young bloke front row. All the old props want to cut you in half and teach you a lesson. What's the key to being successful at a young age in the front row? I think it's just being confident. Yep. Um, you know, I could remember my first... First cut, first two seasons, I was a bit, um, how would you call it? Just wasn't as confident yeah. as I am today, and it sort of uh, showed in my game. Okay, you know when to obviously when to take a carry or you know bring in bring in all that um, game brain stuff. It's it's about being confident, I believe. Yeah, exactly right. Well, that's the game of the new front rower, isn't it? Sometimes you got to charge from the back fence and sometimes it's just about the little tip on little bit of football before into the line does that just come with experience yeah um confidence and experience i guess um just knowing when to to bring it in and sort of how to call it yeah i'm just not bashing it in just using your um, using, using your brain, your, using your yeah. brain's not always just your muscle, mate. Yeah. There's there's more props coming through the system. David Hollis, I reckon we'll probably see him at some stage this year. What can we expect? What's he like as a front rower? Yeah, well, he's your you know big country boy, so he's um, all muscles, but he's he, you know he's starting to develop well. Uh, David Hull, um, you know, it's we're actually quite fortunate to to have the likes of Junior and Reg. Yeah. Um, to look up to not not many people in our position can can say that at, at other clubs so um you know me and Davey are sort of taking um everything that junior reg um nathan brown are taking on board that's awesome mate and a really cool insight to the props of Parramatta. thanks oregon we'll chat again soon legend beautiful Ah, take a breath and enjoy it. The footy is on and your weekend is sorted. Enjoy the game, order a pizza, grab a coldie, go hard on a five-leg multi, and don't forget, as always, back pikey in the last. Listener.